everyone, you're listening to Superwomen. Today's podcast is with Jade Watson, the founder and CEO of Sigbird. She started her career developing content for VC-backed companies, and upon noticing the lack of female leadership in the space, she was inspired to create a company with female leadership at its core that focused on engaging unscripted storytelling for digital platforms. They've created hit series for brands like Snapchat, Facebook, and some of the most followed media companies, including The Shade Room, the Doing Things Media, and they are the team behind the Shade Room's recent originals, The House, Shady Brunch, and Love Locked, which have amassed over 40 million views. Take a listen. Welcome to the podcast, Jade. Thank you so much for having me. So I would love to start with your early years. Did you always know that production and film and TV was something that you were interested in? Yes. It's so funny you asked that because I always knew that I wanted to be in some sort of like production because I always found that it was such like an interesting window into our world. And it always taught me, you know, really interesting things like about everything. So I remember being 13 years old, sitting at my grandmother's house in Toronto And we were there and I just remember like watching a show where, you know, it was a travel like kind of documentary show. And I was like, wow, this is someone's job where they get to travel the world and explore new places and like see the world through that lens. And they get to do that for their like living and for the rest of their life. And I thought, what an interesting career to kind of pursue. So uh, I went to school for media production. Really, the first time that I knew I wanted to be a producer was actually when I was sitting in my internship at Time Magazine. And, you know, one of the other producers was like, well, Jade, like, what do you like to do? What are you passionate about? And I was like, well, I love, you know, like sitting down, talking to people, getting different perspectives. That's really my favorite thing within this field. And she was like, oh, okay, cool. So you're a producer. And I had never heard it really put together. So just like quick and eloquently. So that's kind of when I knew, okay, this is really what I want to do. This is what I'm going to continue going after. And from there, I started the media company. So when you started the media company, how did you secure funding or convince, or or maybe you self-funded it as that isn't, you know, the cheapest undertaking? No, not at all. So basically what happened was I am Canadian. I always knew that I wanted to live in either Los Angeles or New York and like really kind of propel my career that way. And I just knew it was like a bigger market. I could grow faster, the whole thing, right? So I moved to New York to do this internship that I was just telling you about. And then I actually was kind of like offered a job and then that job was taken away. They were like, sorry, we don't want to pay for your visa. We don't allow entry-level positions to like, we don't put our lawyers on that. So I basically was then like, the job was basically revoked after I had been through the interview process. They knew my status, everything. And I kind of had to start from zero. And then after doing that, I moved to Los Angeles where I actually secured a job working at a venture capital company. So creating content for their like early stage, like VC apps, which was a lot of fun. And so I was working there for, I think just like just under two years. And I really learned the full ins and outs of like how to start a company, how early stage investing works. And basically from there, I self-funded a business and pitched it to the US embassy in 2019 to start my production company. But the way I was able to do it is because I took 
you know, everything that I was doing at that venture capital company, spun them into a client and basically had, you know, the next two years of revenue mapped out based on like relationships I'd built over those two years, based on clients I knew would kind of come with me and and use our services. So I was able to self-fund the business. It was not pretty at the beginning. It was basically me just like using all of my savings, calling it a lot of favors, basically having to, you know, not like use, like I wasn't able to buy a ton of like camera equipment at the beginning because we had to just like use like rentals for the day. So yeah, I mean, obviously we kind of got there, but getting to that point of, you know, being profitable was always at like the forefront for me. So I really focused on like, okay, how do I use what is in my network? So who do I know that would become a client? Who do I know that could help? Who do I know that like trusts me? And then leveraging all of those things into becoming a business. So I don't want to sound ageist at all, but you're 26, which is insane. (laughs) Um, How did you convince you know, the people you worked with at the VC, the US embassy, I think sometimes, you know, age can be good thing or bad thing. How did you convince them to to invest in this being so young and just starting out? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely filled with a lot of condescending individuals. Like even just when I was doing my pitch, like the government agent looked at me and said, you know, when I told him about the new key hires that I was planning on making, he goes, why would these people want to work for you? Why would, you know, someone with this sort of like career trajectory ever trust you? And like, I was actually called out for that even in my interview. So, you know, completely fair and valid question. I think for me, I really have a intense passion for what I'm doing. And that tends to show through and it's very honest. So like, it's never me faking it, right? Like I genuinely want to spend my life making, you know, great content for either like a digital medium or just continue to tell like great stories, right? However possible. And I think that genuine love really helps. Uh, And then obviously when you're talking about something that you love and that you genuinely have a passion for, it's easy to, you know, be well-researched and, you know, be meticulous in what you're doing. So that I think is really what set me apart. Also, I mean, I had just spent two years studying business. Like I don't have a business degree, but working in venture capital and seeing how all of these companies were set up really like set it apart. It was basically the best sort of like, you know, MBA program I could have ever asked for just being around like all of these new companies, because I saw for two years what worked really well. I saw what didn't work well. You know, I had written letters and contracts from potential new clients being like, yes, we will work with Jade and we will work with her company. And so my numbers actually you know, had some more tangible that we could pull from. It wasn't just like I was shooting these metrics out of the sky. Like I had real contracts to go off of. So when I submitted my proposal, it was a 110 page business plan that I had researched for six months before I went to the embassy. And I didn't hire a lawyer. I did the entire thing by myself. And I actually just studied the legal system so that I could understand when sitting there and speaking to a government agent, like how to properly, you know, vouch for myself. Because 
I didn't want to just sit back and let some lawyer do it. And quite honestly, I couldn't afford it. I couldn't afford $10,000 in legal fees. I had to invest all of that money into the business. So because I had spent so much time preparing, like it, it really forced me to, you know, get to understand, okay, what sort of questions am I going to be asked? Like, how do I over prepare for this? So that's really what, what helped is because I quite honestly didn't have the resources to fail and be underprepared because I couldn't afford to do it again. And I couldn't afford to, you know, mess that up. I, I mean, I didn't have a plan B really. So I feel like going to an embassy to get funding for a production company is a really interesting twist that I've never heard before. What made you approach a government agency and and how did you even find out that they are investing in production companies? So the government agency actually wouldn't even give money. They just basically would let me run it in the country or not. So going to the government agency to get my visa pretty much greenlit to move things forward was the only way I was legally able to operate in California, which is the place I'd been living for two years prior. So if I didn't get that green light to operate my visa or operate the business, you know, I basically would have been at zero. So are just out of curiosity, are those opportunities only open to out like non-residents of the U.S.? So, so basically, if you're someone who wants to start a business in, in the U.S., you have to pitch it to the embassy and they have to approve it. You're not allowed to be anyone foreign and just kind of go to the United States. It has to be, you know, approved. So I had to show that I was self-investing over $50,000, like, into the business that then the border officer would then look at that and say yes or no. So basically what had happened was you could spend that full $50,000 and they can turn around and say, no, sorry, we don't approve your business. And you've just poured 50 grand into a business that actually legally does not exist. Wow. That's fascinating. That's good to know for anyone who's not a U.S. resident listening, thinking about starting this. So let's, let's fast forward a little bit. You have this production company and COVID hits. And obviously, you know, my husband's in film and TV and I watched him, his career come to a screeching halt as people didn't know what the hell to do. So I'd love to hear you talk a bit about what happened during that time and how you kept the business alive. Yeah, honestly, it was really tough. A lot of it did come to a screeching halt. Luckily, we do a lot of remote production. So we were able to maintain like our video editing services. We were able to maintain a lot of our graphic design services. And we really leaned into like a lot of people being, you know, on their phones at that time and wanting like fun, entertaining content and not everything being so serious, right? Because we were just bombarded with like really, you know, intense news at that time. And so I basically said to the company, like, we need to create content that's going to make people smile and that's going to, you know, make people's days a little bit better. And so we just really doubled down on that. Snapchat Discover was a place that we were able to launch a lot of original content, which was great. We were able to help a lot of our clients gain a lot of revenue there. We also were a part of this fund from Facebook called We the Culture. So after George Floyd passed away really tragically, Facebook Watch created a $50 million fund for this movement called We the Culture, where they were highlighting Black voices. And one of our biggest clients is a media company called The Shade Room. And so I actually worked with Angie and The Shade Room on three original unscripted series that was funded by 
the We the Culture movement. And it was one of like the best experiences I've ever had. We were able to make like really fun unscripted series and do it in an extremely safe way. So you know, obviously we did all of the COVID testing. We did all of the making sure that like, you know, everyone was separated in the best way that they could. And obviously making all of those COVID protocols and keeping all of those COVID protocols in mind. So that's really how we got through the pandemic was through working on those series and helping those series kind of move forward. And then also relying on Snapchat as well as a medium to create content. That's, that's incredible. And to know that you were able to get creative and still maintain the company is, I think anyone who lasted and, and stood through COVID needs to share their tips because it was definitely a hard time. So what does your job look like now? What is the, you know, what are you guys working on as a company and what is exciting to you? I know that's a lot of questions, but <laughs> you can answer all of them. Yeah, I mean, right now we're focused on our podcast network. We just launched this amazing, hilarious show called Petty Crimes, where a comedian named Kira and actor named Griff, the two are a hosting duo. They go back and forth and deliberate interpersonal crimes. So like really funny things, like if let's say, you know, your roommate steals your toaster and, you know, what do you do? right? Like they have hilarious crimes that people will write in and then they'll sit there and debate it. It's a really funny format. It's done incredibly well. We got over a hundred thousand downloads in the first like 15 episodes. It's been great. The response from fans has been amazing. And we have a couple more podcasts coming out in the next, you know, few months, which will be awesome. We built out a sales and development team from that, which is amazing. We have some awesome sponsors. We also are going to continue creating original digital content. So thinking about what series we want to launch on Snapchat Discover, thinking about what new series we want to launch just on our own, which has been really, really fun. The whole goal of the company is really just to take the profit that we make from doing you know, branded projects and put it into our own originals, which the team loves because it, it allows them to have you know, corporate work where they're able to go in and and help brands out and then also be really creative and pitch original ideas too. So how do you, you know, as you're watching your business grow, how have you learned to sort of staff up, delegate so that you can keep expanding because it's, it's no easy feat? No, for me, we have awesome like project managers that we hire. They're phenomenal and very, very organized. I have an outsourced accounting team that handles all of our bookkeeping you know, to be honest, when I first started, I really just did it all and then only kind of delegated as it became, as we became able to. It wasn't like glamorous in the beginning really at all. I'm still working, to be honest with you, and like getting better at just delegating things. I'm sure you feel this too. Like when you start something, it's really hard to give up that control. So for me, It just is kind of like one step at a time. We hire people that we trust. I have an amazing, like really loyal, smart, hardworking team. And that's kind of, that's kind of how I've done it. And for me, I just try to delegate the things that I'm just honestly not good at. Like I'm not great at being a CFO. I'm not amazing at video editing. You know, I'm not an amazing audio engineer. All of those things we have other people to do and help with. So I just try to double down on what I'm good at, which is the producing. And then I try to delegate everything else. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Were there any times you delegated and you felt like this is really hard to do and then you experienced the, the disappointment of, oh, and they didn't do it right? And then, uh, yeah. and then how, did you, how did you let go again after that? Yeah, I think you just to learn from the mistakes, you know, especially for me, like one moment when I specifically delegated and it didn't go well was when I hired my first bookkeeper because my business is so unique and creative. And like we deal with contractors that work on a few different projects at once. So I just think being really specific about what your ask is. So that was some like a lesson that I learned is like when you're hiring people, you have to be very, very specific about what you're asking them to do. And you can't assume that they like understand anything about your business. You have to really kind of you know, be direct. And that was a tough lesson for me to learn, but definitely one that helped for sure. So what do you feel like occurred either in your upbringing or maybe it's just natural? Because again, you know, I've, I've spoken to a couple of women your age who started, you know, global companies and there is a work ethic and a determination that sadly I find is rare. (laughs) And so like, do you think, you know, who, who helped shape you growing up and, uh, or is this just how you, you've been built? Yeah. I mean, my, my father was a nuclear engineer for the British Navy, which is really like, that was, you know, his thing growing up. And so he really instilled a work ethic when we were young. And he always used to say, like, you can grow up the easy way, or you can grow up a really hard way. And, people who don't work hard tend to like, you know, suffer later in life. And if you don't have a good work ethic, like there will be different challenges that come your way. And I think that, you know, in, in general, people pick their problems, right? So for me, you know, I have a lot of work stress that comes in every single day, but I don't need to worry where my next meal is going to come from. So I think in general, like there are different, there are different problems that, 
we all kind of choose. And in our careers, we choose that too of like, okay, well, what problems are you going to enjoy solving most? Because inherently, every career path that you have comes with different challenges. And I think from a very young age, I wanted to choose like creative challenges. Like that was what inspired me most. It's like, okay, I want to be in a field where I'm challenged creatively and inspired creatively. And obviously there's a lot of extra stuff that comes with that, but that's to me what made the most sense. Talk to me about what you just said. You said people pick their problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's outside factors that go into everything, right? Like there are outside factors and, you know, you don't get to pick who your parents are. You don't get to pick where you're born. But other than that, you're able to kind of choose, like a, like a fair amount of people are able to choose what sort of career they want or what sort of friends they have or where they go to school or, you know, where they want to live. I mean, if you're lucky, you get to pick those things. Right. So with any choice that you make, like I said previously, like there's going to be challenges that come with it. So I think when weighing like the pros and cons of something that you're going to be doing, it's really important to think like, obviously, inherently, there are good things that come with each career, but there are also like challenges, right? So you get to pick those problems. For me, I don't want to be sitting there all day, every day looking at spreadsheets. And and if I wanted to be a CFO, those would be the challenges and problems that like I would face. My challenges and problems come from, all right, you're on set and you get a million things being thrown at you and you have to deal with a million fires in the day. And those are the problems that I enjoy solving. So those are the, you know, those are the projects and those are the, you know, series and and things that I'm going to be pursuing because I, I enjoy that. Like that's, that's the sort of challenge and that's the sort of opportunity that I enjoy. I think for you, like if, if you wanted to maybe let's say, you know, take a year off and, and not work, well, that's totally fine. And, and I honestly encourage people to do that if that's what they need, but then inherently your problems become, well, you might not be as financially stable as you want it to be. Right. So, so that's what I mean by people pick their problems. I love that. So the last two questions I always ask my guest is what is a piece of advice you'd like to pass on and that you either learn the hard way or someone gave to you and you really felt like it made a difference and what would we be surprised to know about you? Wow, great questions. Yeah, I think I think the best piece of advice was when someone I I forget who, but I I, re- I always remember being told like just to kind of pursue your career in a brave way. I think we always really are concerned about what other people are going to say or what friends are going to say or what feedback is going to be from family members. And a lot of women don't start businesses because they're scared of like, oh, well, what are my friends going to say? It's always like, you know, you're nervous about your inner circle kind of judging you. And that's almost sometimes more scary than people on the outside. But I would say it's really important to pursue those things because, you know, once you do and it becomes, you know, normalized and you become comfortable with it, that's when you're really going to absolutely thrive. So, yeah, I would say that that's like my biggest piece of advice because it's really scary to start something new and feel like you're going to be judged, especially from those kind of in your network and your circle, because you always you build your life around some sort of like reputation. And if you go outside of that, it, it can be a little bit nerve wracking. I love that advice. And what is one thing we'd be surprised to know about you? I'm currently training to get my pilot's license. Oh, wow. Now that is scary. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Well, you seem to be incredibly energy efficient and self-propelling. I am beyond impressed with what you've built, again, at such a young age. I, I don't mean to keep saying that I built my company at a young age, but I feel like I'm always excited when I meet someone with 
your tenacity, your, you know, how smart you are and, and how bullish you are on your career, which is amazing. Where can people find out more about what you do, follow you, et cetera, pitch you, pitch you show ideas? Oh my gosh, please send me all of your show ideas. That would make me very happy. My Instagram is at it's Jade Watson. My company is called Sickbird Productions, S-I-C-K-B-I-R-D productions. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on online on our website. We have a contact us button that you can email us directly with any show ideas. And we have an amazing podcast called Petty Crimes in our network. We have a couple more launching soon in the fall. So stay tuned for those. And yeah, that's pretty much everything. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jade. I can't wait to see your podcast empire take over. Amazing. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Bye. You too. Bye. I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithms. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again and you will hear from me next week.